Hello, I'm Julia. Hi, I'm Nicole. And hi, I'm Christina. Um, so we're going to be reading Luke 2, 8 through 20, um, ESV version. So the shepherds and the angels. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known that the saying that has been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So what does Christmas mean? Amongst the season of Advent, Christmas is often packaged in red and green, but at the core of the season is Christ. Christmas is the birth of the good news, both literally and figuratively, and it is the beginning of the greatest joy that is to come for all people. Christmas is the birth of hope. Christmas is a time to celebrate the birth of the good news, and what could be a better time or better way to celebrate than with your loved ones? Whether it be with family or friends, Christmas is a time to be united over the joy surrounding Christ. And Christmas is also more than just a day of festivities and traditions. Appreciating and rejoicing the miracle of Jesus's birth can be done during Advent and also year round. Uh, Christmas is a time to get together with family and friends, as Julia and Nicole said. Um, a time to give, a time to reflect, and a time to celebrate. Um, for me, it's a reminder of the joy and hope Jesus is and brings and also why we need him in our lives. Well, good morning, everyone here and online. Glad to be here. This is um, one of my favorite times of year. It's the parade of holidays. And so we just finished Thanksgiving, and now our attention turns to, to Christmas. But maybe you're like me, and being honest, I kind of feel awkward saying Merry Christmas when I greet people, because for me, it seems a bit early. You know, here in California, we really don't get winter-like weather. It's always kind of sunny. And, and of course, if we use retailers as our barometer, Christmas items have been on the shelf for months already. So in their minds, Christmas started like back in August. 
But for me, it, it's not quite there yet. Maybe it's the business of life. Maybe it's the pandemic. Whatever the case, I'm not in the Christmas mood yet. But, you know, when we look at those shelves, when we go to the malls or the department stores or on Amazon, Christmas items have been on the shelf for weeks. But shopping is not the reason for the season. Jesus is. And today is the second Sunday of Advent. And Advent is the traditional season where Christians all over the world are preparing for the birth of Jesus and for preparing for his second coming. Now, because many of us are busy people with year-end deadlines, school final exams, endless baking and cooking for holiday festivities, preparing our homes for out-of-town guests, making travel plans to see family and friends, decorating and uh, the Christmas tree and gift wrapping, we often forget about Jesus. And if we throw in disappointments, depression, mourning, relational conflicts, then Christmas is not that simple, but we make it very complicated and complex. And for that reason alone, we must pause to take a breath, retreat from the grind of daily life, and be reminded that Christmas is a simple story because he came. We're going to look at um, a little baby, a little baby named Jesus, who came and had life-changing encounters with some of the people in the biblical Christmas story. We're going to put ourselves in the shoes of the shepherds this morning. And as a thought-provoking exercise, together, imagine what their lives would be like if Jesus didn't come. Yet, thankfully, Jesus did come, and a Savior has been born to them and to us today. The theme verse for our Advent series is, The Lord watches over the simple. I was brought low, and he saved me. This is from Psalm 116, verse 6. This verse tells us that God keeps an eye out on those who are simple, implying God protects the simple, and that this favor comes not to the proud and powerful, but to those who are humbly low themselves. Let me quickly pray for us before we get into today's word. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, bless us now. Open our eyes, our ears, our minds, especially our hearts for what you want us to know. More importantly, may we be transformed by your word that does not return void. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you. And I pray this in the most precious name of Jesus. Amen. You know, God loves the simple. There's something special about being simple, and I dare say, even desirable and life-freeing. Plus, in the context of our scripture today, God seems to favor those who are simple. For example, the shepherds in our Christmas story. And how would you think the shepherds are simple? Well, for, for me, I see three things about them. And the first of these things, the shepherds were humble. And in their particular case, we see them humble in occupation and lifestyle. 
from verse 8, verse eight, which tells us, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Two things to highlight from this verse. The shepherds lived in the fields, and they worked nights. Now, many of us would consider being a, a shepherd a rough way of making a living. Your job is to take care of sheep, and sheep need to be outdoors. So that means you are going to be living outdoors. When it is hot, you are hot. When it's cold, you're cold. When it rains, you're wet. Plus, it's dirty outside in the fields all the time. Plus, sheep smell. So you will be dusty, grimy, and smelly, well, like sheep. From my camping experience, I know this firsthand. Taking showers is not easily available in outdoors, and a telltale sign of outdoor living is how quickly dirt forms under your fingernails. If you've gone camping, you know what I mean. This kind of country living is not attractive to most people of power or privilege who tend to gravitate to city dwelling. City folks would consider shepherds as blue-collar, unskilled, uneducated, low-paid, and low-status. On top of that, verse 8 tells us that the shepherds were watching the flocks at night. Shepherds work not only in the day, but at nights too. There were no days off because sheep just don't take care of themselves. Sheep need to be cared for 24-7. So honestly, not many of us would want that kind of job. I mean, a lot of us complain about 50, 60-hour work weeks. Well, shepherds are on duty for 168 hours a week. And being a shepherd meant you had to be nomadic because sheep need to be moved to graze. So shepherds lived in humble tents, picked up and moved whenever necessary to take the sheep to fresh pastures. Therefore, therefore, shepherds had to travel light, meaning they could not have a lot of stuff accumulated to lug around. Shepherds did not build palatial homes for themselves because it did not fit their lifestyle or occupation. They had to live simple. So being low status and, and nomadic meant shepherds had no power or influence. Often they were blamed for any trouble or crime that happened around town because they were easy to scapegoat. Because being transient, they could not afford to stick around to defend themselves. All this made it easy to marginalize shepherds. Being a shepherd was a tough life, pretty humbling. With all this said, and maybe for this reason, God chose to come first to the shepherds with a special message of hope, knowing the have-nots would be most receptive and grateful. Verse 10 says, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. And I want to emphasize that word, you. The shepherd's ears must have perked up when the angel said the good news was for all people, not just some people, but for all people. 
feeling not fully accepted by society, delegated to the margins, God was saying, you shepherds have good news too. It's like you're waiting for that biopsy report on that abnormal lump in your body, and you finally get the good news. It's not malignant cancer. Joy definitely will be a part of your emotional response mix. But the difference here is the long-lasting joy God is talking about will persist instead or in spite of the circumstances. For the shepherds who had a very tough life, this would be good news. Actually, great news. And having received this message from God, personally from an angel, we can assume the shepherds were included in God's favor. Verse 14 says, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. No matter what kind of difficulties we are going through, no matter how many treasures we have, God's favor is greater than all that. And who does God give his favor? Scripture clearly says to the humble. James 4 verse 6 says, but he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Now, I don't believe you have to be literally a shepherd, but more it's a matter of the heart and mind of being humble that gains God's favor. And that's one thing I've always found about our church. From the first day I came here 30, over 35 years ago, I love our church because of the humility that is expressed by our people. We, you know, we have so many capable and accomplished people with those alphabet letters after their names, but have the humility to not lord it over others. Instead, take on the very nature of a servant. And what else, like the shepherds, brings God's favor? Well, something very basic, very human, very simple, and more internal than external, the shepherds were hungry, spiritually hungry. So the question I have for all of us this morning, are you hungry? Are you spiritually hungry? Verse 12 tells us, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. So what's up with this sign? I mean, this sign was specifically given to the shepherds by God, not to celebrities or bigwigs, not kings or religious leaders, but to socially low-class common shepherds. Why? Why do the shepherds get this specific sign? A couple years ago, uh, my wife and I had the um, privilege and, and blessing to be able to travel overseas to visit Israel and the Holy Land. And, it, and those travels helped me have a better appreciation for the context of Scripture from Middle Eastern culture and history. Uh, I got to learn, the, uh, connect names of towns in the Bible to actual towns in the Middle East, got a flavor of distances and topography and landscape. 
So all this helps me now when I read scripture. So relevant to, relevant to this biblical narrative, I learned about temple shepherds that worked near Jerusalem city. And it is likely these shepherds were them in our story. They took care of sheep for the temple, specifically the lambs, to be sacrificed at the temple in Jerusalem. So they likely lived near Jerusalem so that they could conveniently bring these newborn lambs to the city, to the temple, to be sacrificed. But remember, verse 8 said, the shepherds were living nearby to where Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Joseph and Mary gave birth in Bethlehem. Well, Jerusalem is about five miles from Bethlehem. Five miles. So to give you kind of an idea of the context of that, it's just imagine us taking a walk back to Berkeley, which is about five miles from here. And so I Google mapped this, and essentially it's a 90-minute walk. So it's very doable. So you can imagine that the shepherds could be very close to Jerusalem, but also close to Bethlehem. So they could be somewhere in between. And so within an hour or two-hour walk, they could make this journey for wherever they are in the fields to Jerusalem or to Bethlehem. And if you ever visited um, Jerusalem, you just have to walk about five miles out of town, and it's like desert. (laughs) You can see the wilderness out there. And you do actually see shepherds and sheep out there. So it's not that far if you can actually experience that. The important key here is that these shepherds would understand the sign God specifically gave them due to their proprietary knowledge about lambs. And and, and our scripture tells us, you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Some translations say swaddling cloth. Now, we all know today, right, that newborn babies are wrapped or swaddled in blankets to keep them warm, but also to give them a sense of security, just like the mother's womb when they're all wrapped up. So this would not seem very unusual to us if we read this in Scripture, that a baby like Jesus would be swaddled. But here, for the shepherds, there's a special meaning that is very specific to to their knowledge. And that's where we, modern-day folks, could miss the deeper meaning of this particular sign of a child wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger. And it's this sign, which is very important, because in Luke 2, it's repeated three times. And when anything is repeated in Scripture, it means it's significant. But that was very much easily recognized by these shepherds. Because shepherds working for the temple traditionally protected newborn lambs from prickly briar bushes native to that landscape with swaddling cloth wrapped around their legs. Lambs following Jewish customs had to be unblemished to be worthy as an offering for Passover at the temple. And wrapped newborn lambs that were to be sacrificed were kept protected from the other sheep in a manger. 
which is essentially a feeding trough. Therefore, when the angel said to the shepherds that, we, that they will find a child wrapped in swaddling cloth in a manger, they were spiritually sensitive enough, actually spiritually hungry, to understand the symbolism of baby Jesus wrapped in cloth in a manger like a newborn lamb. That Jesus is the Lamb of God, the unblemished Lamb that will be worthy to be sacrificed for all of mankind on the cross. And the shepherds, understanding the good news of a Savior born to them, with childlike faith to see truth told to them, without hesitation or doubt, they hurried off to see what they longed to be true. Verse 16 says exactly that. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. The shepherds obviously left their sheep behind to rush off to find Jesus because the sheep would slow them down. But, you know, for a shepherd, that's a big no-no. But they left their valuable assets to go see someone more precious, and that is their Savior in the form of baby Jesus. But that's what you do when you are hungry. And, you know, we all know it's a bad idea to shop at Costco when you're hungry. Food items seemingly make their way into your cart without you even remembering why. And if you go to a buffet when you're famished or starving, your stomach is bigger than you think. And often when I do that, my plate is stacked with all kinds of food when I'm hungry. Likewise, the shepherds, being spiritually hungry, made a mad dash for Bethlehem. Like some of you at Caitlin and Stephen's wedding for the boba drinks. I know, I saw some of you. And when the shepherds saw what they were told by the angels, they were amazed and God-honoring with their praise as their response. Verse 17 tells us, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. The shepherds were so excited about what they saw, they couldn't wait to tell others. It's like a Yelp review, telling others about a great dining experience we had. Simple truth is truth, regardless if you believe it or not. Those who are humble enough to see the need for a Savior will not need any complex explanation. If you are spiritually hungry, you will gobble down on spiritual truth without hesitation. As James warned, God opposes the proud, like those who cannot admit the need for a Savior, but favors those who are humble. Because like Psalm 116 verse 6 tells us, the Lord watches over the simple. I was brought low and he saved me. When we are brought low or humbled, only then God will save us. Verse 20 tells us, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God. Even though they met baby Jesus, who they believed to be their savior, the shepherds' earthly circumstances basically did not change. Scripture tells us they returned 
to their smelly sheep, continue to work nights in the outdoors, and be treated as second-class citizens. God did not change that for them. But their future perspective changed because they now have the knowledge of a Savior which gave them hope. And that hope helps them and for us to persevere in spite of the circumstances. That is the peace that God gives to those he favors. And God favors those who are humble to see that Jesus is their Savior. There's no other way. This is my takeaway idea. I hope you remember this one thing. Because Jesus came, the ending to our life stories is changed forever. And that is part of my story too. Like the shepherds, when I have the awareness and courage to do so, I give praise to my life-changing encounters with God, to other people that come across my path. Now, in a world that is so anti-Asian, I am honestly hesitant to tell people about my faith for fear that I will be labeled crazy and a hater, a weirdo. But opportunities do pop up, like at reunions and family events. A lot of that happens during the Christmas season, on vacations, and at the workplace where relationally I can share my story, which is undeniable by others, like skeptics and agnostics, because it is my personal story. It is not my concern that they believe what I tell them, but my choice is to praise God for the work in me over and over again. About 40 years ago, in a moment of depression and desperation where uh, living seemed so hard and difficult, even futile, feeling that I was a failure, I had dark thoughts of ending it all, taking my own life. But for whatever reason, I prayed a very simple prayer to Jesus to come and save me. Suddenly, my doorbell rang and a couple sharing door to door about Jesus asked me if I wanted to know him. And they gave me this particular Bible, which is about 40-something years old. And on the back of this Bible are these words from Matthew 11, verse 28. Come to me, all you who are tired from carrying heavy loads, I will give you rest. Those words God wanted to specifically say to me, just like God sent a specific sign to the shepherds, were words that brought me peace. Those were words meant for me. I committed my life to Jesus that very same day. And Jesus, at that day over 40 years ago, as an answer to my prayer came, Jesus showed up in a big way. And the ending of my life story changed forever. Because Jesus came, the ending to all of our life stories, like the shepherds in Luke 2, is changed forever. That is the hope that we all need. Amen? In a moment, Pastor Eric will be leading us in communion. 
for that actual act that Jesus did for all of us. So let me end my time with prayer, and we'll have communion. Father God, thank you for the word you sent me so many years ago that changed my life forever. And as we are all now taking a moment in silence to pray to you, I ask right now, as we are silent, that you send a special message by the Holy Spirit to some of us listening now. And may that word, like the word you sent to me 40 years ago, and that word you sent to the shepherds 2,000 years ago, will be life-transforming and humbling. And maybe they will hear your voice clearly, that a Savior has been born to them, and peace is given to those God favors. Let it be so.